Hello ladies and gentlemen, how are you guys doing? I know it's just me for now, Nathan isn't here, but well, we have missed a lot to be fair, because the last show we covered was, I suppose, UFC 266, we missed episode 267, but I'm here now to just run through the card quickly before we get into UFC 268. That Nathan will join us for again with his absolute brilliance uh, as usual. But let's just go through this UFC 267 card. It was actually it was super fun. I feel um, I feel like it was quite fundamentals based. Um, obviously, there's like one big story that we're gonna come to. But uh, you know what? Let's just start with the first fight. It was Magomed Ankalaev versus Walkan Uzdemir. Man, this was this was a very good fight in terms of I feel like both fighters had moments where they showcased what they're about. You had Uzdemir who was just explosive in the beginning. He was so good. He had his knees. He had his moments where he just looked like his intensity was so evident. And then you had someone like Ankalev who was able to make this fight his like basically I feel like whoever was going to get the fight going in their style was going to win I mean that's nothing insightful but it was Ankalev who was able to do that his striking was crisp and quick and you could tell that as the fight went on Uzdemir's intensity kind of dropped and just based on how good Ankalev was you could just see Uzdemir kind of back away he kind of wilted and he was on the back foot basically. And that's when we saw Ankalev just dominate. He was he was cruising through the fight later on. But yeah, again, deserved win. But the first round, you saw what Uzdemir was about. But credit to Ankalev for just getting through and basically imposing his will in that fight. And that was that's super impressive to be fair. Next up was Hamza Chemaya versus Li Jingliang. I mean, how good is Hamza Chemaev? Like, I think after this fight, which he won, of course, um, he has absorbed one strike in his last four fights in the UFC, which is baffling if you think about it. He has been absolutely incredible. And while well, he's back, which is the number one thing. And obviously the hype train was behind him after what he you know, was able to achieve before uh, you know, the COVID uh, stuff happened with him. But everyone wanted to see what he would be able to do against a better opponent. And the leech was it. That's your test. And my God, he passed with flying colors. He was so amped up. Both of them were amped up. It was, I, I had no idea it was going to go this way. I just could not have predicted that it would be so easy for Hamza Shmaev to just pick Lee up, take him to where Dana White sits, talk to Dana White, and just hold him down there with ease and in time find the submission. It was so simple, and it was he made it look so simple, and 
it just goes to show how incredible he is. Yes, he has that potential, but I feel like this is he's realizing it. And what a fight. Like, what a performance. Just absolutely masterful. And he's back. I mean, I don't know who you put him up against. Like, he's going to be up there now. He's up there in the contenders. Like, I know it's just been four fights, but he's he's just looked so good. And he has a name value. I mean, he's going for the Leon Edwards fight, which will be great if that happens. Uh, let's see what happens there because he's up there now for sure. And if he ends up facing, I don't want to see the Nate Diaz fight. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, you can just go with Leon Edwards. That'd be great. If he can beat Leon Edwards, I mean, who else? <laughs> I mean, you just have to kind of put him up in that championship fight, I feel. And, well, the, I feel like he nobody is going to stop him. And we have to, at some point, see him versus Usman. That will be absolutely incredible. I can't even imagine what will happen in that fight. But, yeah, Hamza Shemaev, absolutely sensational. And, yeah, the sky's the limit for that guy. Next one was Islam Mahashev versus Dan Hooker. I like Islam Mahashev. I, I think he's... I like him. I think he's got the energy and he just comes off like... I, I don't want to say Habib 2.0. But he is actually a great fighter. And I don't know. I, I like him. But I love Dan Hooker. And what what he's been through with uh, you know, the New Zealand situation for so long... I mean, for him just to take this fight and actually go through with it on, on on short notice is absolutely incredible. Now, this fight, it didn't last long. Um, again, you had barely any time on their feet where I think, I think Mahashev got him with that strike and immediately went for the takedown. Before before any significant strikes could connect, and from there it just seemed easy. He was able to. Uh, I feel like he was able to. Hooker was able to fight it off for a bit, but then eventually, that crossbody came in. The arm was trapped. The Kimura, and then of course, it's not some revolutionary idea, but Habib did tell him to go with the leg above the head. And that was it. There was no way out for Dan Hooker, and he had to tap. And that's a great opponent. Like let's not let's not run away from the fact that Dan Hooker is the best striker that Islam Mahashev has faced. And getting that win so easily is a great achievement. Does that make him a title contender? I don't know yet. Maybe, but. <sighs> Again, uh, the, the Ali situation is going on on Twitter right now where it seems like he's just talking to himself on Twitter, to be fair. But I feel like you could have Islam versus Benil. I like that fight. That would be a great fight. Have him face Dariush and see what happens with Gaethje Oliveira Poirier. See what happens there. And then you just go ahead with that. And yeah, just... 
an incredible showing from Mahashev. And yeah, again, sky's the limit for this guy as well. They're just, they're, I mean, just such a brilliant performance as well. I feel for Dan Hooker. <sighs> Don't know what's next for him. But again, he's a fighter and maybe maybe some time off will be great. <laughs> he's he's just been at it for so long. So who knows? Uh, maybe he gets, I, I, I don't know what the situation is with his family, if, he's fam- if his family is with him. But yeah, hopefully yeah, we see him back in the octagon relatively soon. And I, I don't see this as a huge blemish. Again, I think it's a tactical, uh, it was more of a tactical thing and just how good uh, Islam was at something that the Dan Hooker isn't good at, to be honest. But yeah, uh, I'm sure he will be back in that picture soon enough. Next up was a fight for the interim championship between Peter Jan and Corey Sandhagen. Again, I love this fight. What took me back was just how good Corey Sandhagen looked early on. I feel like I, I felt like it would be Peter Jan. I, I knew Peter Jan would slowly come into the fight rather than just being, you know, you know, full on from the beginning. But I feel like Corey Sandhagen looked great. And more importantly, how composed he looked. He wasn't rushing in. He wasn't making any, you know, ill-advised moves. But off that slow start, I was really impressed by how good he looked. And I, I don't think you could have said a lot about the fight from... Jan's pace because second round in you could see perhaps the momentum shifting a bit because the defense picked up from Jan and by the third the momentum was with Jan he was just so good and you could see the tide shift and perhaps defense is the issue for Sandhagen I feel like he has a lot to go on there but I think offensively he held his own I feel like it was great but yeah, Jan was just fantastic again from that slow start in just building and building and actually getting stronger as the fight goes on. He just, yeah, he just looked great as as he got more comfortable. And yeah, that was it. It was a great win for Peter Jan and perhaps his fight is next with uh, Aljamain Sterling, the injured champion who hasn't fought since his fight against Peter Jan where he won the title due to disqualification. So we'll see how that goes. That'll be fun. That'll be intense. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Peter Jan. Just an incredible fight. And Corey Sandhagen, again, a tough loss. But yeah, I feel like he'll be back soon again. Next up is the main event, the crux of the story, uh, which is this event and this podcast, basically. Glover Teixeira versus Jan Blachowicz. My word. I, I was in shock. I thought Jan would win it, to be honest. But unbelievably so. A man who made his MMA debut in the year 2002. 2002, ladies and gentlemen. This man is now 42 years old. Clover Teixeira beats Jan Blachowicz to win the championship. And it wasn't close. 
perhaps it was an off night for Jan Blachowicz. He didn't look great. But my word, that seemed easy. He got taken down in the first round. He just he was just held down, and that round went went by. Perhaps he expected him to come back in the second. He got rocked uh, with a left hook, and he tried to you know get get back into the fight. And by that time, he was against the cage. He then decided to go for a kimura. I, I'm not sure. He was then on the ground. And Glover took over, found the choke, and that was it. It was uh, Glover Teixeira winning the the heavyweight title, which is the, the light heavyweight title. It's just absolutely insane that he was able to do that. But yeah, his journey has been insane uh, of how dedicated he has been. And again, we can say that about quite a few fighters nowadays. You have Charles Oliveira, you have, you have Jan Blachowicz to a certain extent. Um, you have again Michael Bisping you have can you say Dominic Cruz maybe you have so many fighters who are just so good despite their age and winning a championship and actually finally reaching that promised land is just such a feel good moment for the UFC and watching him win that championship was just absolutely insane and yeah he looked good doing it it was a quick job. Again, he I, I, I don't think he took too much damage. There was a point where they were slinging. But I feel like he got through that. And yeah, once again, great fight. And just an overall great card. It was just super fun to watch. So yeah, that's my... Those are my thoughts on this event. If I had to give the Mackenzie Dern Award to anyone, I would maybe give it to Hamza Chimaev. Just absolute monster. Um, yes, yeah, so yeah, that'll be all from me. Hope y'all enjoyed that. Stick around, cause in a few seconds we will be back on the main podcast talking about UFC 268. So, hope you guys had a good time, and hope y'all enjoy. Bye. Hello and welcome to another episode of Side Control Synopsis. Yes, we are back to talk about all things UFC. And, well, we are here to discuss UFC 268. Uh, 267, I hopefully should cover before this one goes up. And, well, before, well, right now we're going to talk about UFC 268. And I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Greenaway. Nathan, how are you? Oh, um, good. Thank you very much. Oh, great. That sounds great. And UFC 268. So this was a, well, this was touted to be one of the most fun events of the year because it had three stacked fights. And I don't know if the UFC have done this before. I mean, perhaps not often, but they made one of the marquee fights the opener, mainly because the coach for all three of the marquee fights is the same guy. It's Trevor Whitman. So to kind of give him that space to, you know, space things out, basically, in all three of his fights, they let one of his fights be the opener. And basically that fight, everyone knew it was just going to be the, you know, just a car crash, you know, madness of, of violence, basically. So I guess we can just jump right into that one, which is Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. And 
well, again, I think the crowd was just so amped up for this one. And, I mean, I know you haven't watched it, but the prelims for this fight were, like, crazy. So, like, there were so many knockouts, so many great moments that the crowd was already, like, red hot. And then this fight was just going to blow the roof of the place. And both fighters coming off losses to champions. I think Habib beat Justin, and I don't think he's fought since. Which is a while ago, to be fair, because that was a fight just uh, Habib retired in. And then there was a championship fight, which Charles Oliveira won. But basically, two losses in championship fights for both of them. And they face off. And Michael Chandler is basically someone who's come from outside the UFC. And his style is quite similar to Justin Gaethje. So they clearly fight in like similar ways. And they don't back down. They just you know, hit hard and keep coming. That's, you know, that's the way they fight. So basically the, almost like the premise behind the fight was who's going to take the first backward step. And well, turns out neither of them because both of them just went at it. It was, it was fun to watch because they were just slinging for it. I think Chandler was trying to use his calf kicks to balance things out. You know, maybe that'll pay dividends later on. But then as he realized soon enough, Justin Gagey is just a monster and he's going to keep going despite any of those leg kicks. He he felt fresh. It was just absolutely insane. And in the second round, I think the first round you could say was quite even, perhaps favoring Justin. The second one, it was, I think, quite clearly was uh, Justin because he, he got the knockdown. But the uppercuts, basically he was going for the uppercuts for the most part. And they were landing and they, they were effective. I think the third round, Chandler was kind of banking on the fact that he won the first one. And it, I, I feel like he lost his mind. I don't know what he was doing. He was just, I think it was that temporary moment of insanity where he was saying, I'm not getting hurt, just keep hitting me. But it's like, that's not how fighting works. Even if you're not getting hurt, he's winning the points. He's winning the rounds. It felt odd that he was just taking damage in that third round. But ultimately, I think by the time the fight ended, we all kind of knew who won that. It was Justin Gaethje. And he's back. He's back in the title picture. And yeah, we'll see where that goes. But Nathan, after my long ramble, what did you think of the fight? Yeah, it was a good fight. Like Both guys just going completely going for it. Uh, Gaethje really beat up. Uh, Chandler's leg yeah so kind of the longer the fight went on like he was sort of having to do like bounces trying to get some like, life into it uh, yeah you're right towards like around two, the end of round two and like round three he was kind of just walking into hits uh, I don't really know why he was probably just like gone uh, so yeah it was good it was, a, it was a good fight everyone was super into it there was lots of blood yes there was uh, which was uh, cool for the crowd they seemed super Super like that. Uh, it would have been nice to see, I guess, Chandler like have sort of an an alternative strategy than just sort of walk into hits. Yeah, but yeah. it's still it was a cool it was a cool fight, uh, I guess. And if that's his style, then that's his style. I get that, but, but again, ultimately, when it came down to strikes, you could tell one guy has the power and one guy had the precision. And not to say Justin Gaethje didn't have power, but you could tell Michael Chandler is just, you know, he's just so powerful. 
But then you realize Justin Gaethje is just, his chin is just insane. He's going to be able to take all that damage. I, again, both guys prove that they can take insane amounts of uh, insane amounts of damage. But I, I think Michael Chandler in that third round, if he had a dominant showing in that round, perhaps he could have swayed that fight. But his strategy going into that was, again, I think at one point he pointed at the... Uh, the timekeeper basically saying, you know, the fight's in my side. I'm winning. I don't know what he was trying to say about that, but it felt really odd, that the third round especially. But again, both fighters gave it their all, and it just looked... It was it was a fun watch more than anything else. And I think Justin deservedly won that fight. Yeah, good for him. I don't know why he's talking to the timekeeper. but uh... He... Uh, <laughs> Chandler like, pointed at the timekeeper like, like he was just telling Justin, hey, like, I don't know what he was trying to specify, but if he was trying to say that, well, t- TikTok, you have to come to me, that's not true. You have to go to him kind of thing. But, eh, I mean, oh well. I've, again, it was a great fight to watch. Super entertaining. Fight of the year contender. I, perhaps I kind of wanted Chandler to win, maybe. I mean, I like both guys, but Oh yeah, I guess that's that's all I have to say for that one. Even though it was a great fight, and yeah, that's it. Uh, we can move on to the next one, which was Shane Burgos versus Quarantillo. I think that's the name, right? I think it's Quarantillo, Billy Quarantillo. So again, Burgos coming off a loss, and his loss to Edson Barboza was a tough one because. Barbosa is, again, quite old. I, I wouldn't say... But again, he's up there in age. And Burgos really needs to get, you know, a, a good run of form going so he can be up there in the rankings. So I, I felt like that loss to uh, Barbosa really hurt him. So this performance should have been the, the one that kind of, you know, gets him going again. In the first round, it clearly wasn't his. I think Quarantillo took that first round well. He had that energy. And he was, again, I think he was able to make that fight a bit dirty and a bit, you know, like cagey and get it into, you know, his territory rather than Burgos, who is a striking machine at times. But again, I felt like Burgos was able to finish each round very well. And like even the second round where you could say there were times where Quarantillo was trying to uh, you know, assert himself. I felt like Burgos was good enough to, uh, in striking, to dominate the second and third rounds, and he won the fight there. Again, this fight kind of suffered with the fact that it just came off the back of you know one of the best fights we've seen this year, and the crowd was you know still on the high. But again, a, a good fight and a solid performance for Shane Burgos, who now needs to get some wins going because he, I, he has he hadn't won for a while so he needed this win and yeah I think he did a good job yeah this seemed like a good good follow up uh, I don't remember too much about this fight yeah uh, if I'm massively honest I remember like the start of one round when they just like traded uh, like fists for a bit yeah basically Burgos like dropped him swinging. yeah Burgos dropped him and 
that was when people were like, oh, so yeah, it's his fight. But but the first round, he was getting roughed up. Uh, I think I think Burgos was bleeding in the first, but then I think two rounds kind of let, you know swayed the fight towards Burgos, and he ended up winning. Yeah, and then right at the end of the fight, during like the last few seconds, they just started like swinging. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I, I think it was a good fight, but again, I think it suffered with the fact that it just came off the back of such an incredible fight. But yeah, great fight and great performance by Shane Burgos. Yeah, okay. What a guy. What a guy. What a guy. <laughs> we now move on to the third fight, yes, which is um, Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Chito Vera. And, okay, again, you won't know this, but Chito Vera is... How do I put this? Cito Vera is a great fighter, and he he picked up a win against uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley, who is going to be like the poster boy, you know, you know, down the line, because he's a great talker. He's he is like he's trying to emulate Conor McGregor a bit. So a win over him for Cito Vera, under you know, and in like in, there was an injury for. Uh, O'Malley but again that win kind of you know that's what people know him for especially now like that's his current context that like he's the guy who you know you kind of have to respect because he has picked up great wins recently and coming into this fight I felt like he was a clear favorite I in my opinion I, I like I was like confident about this one that he he'd win this one I mean, not taking away anything from Frank Yeager. Like, he's an absolute legend and he's great. But I felt like this was uh, Chito Vera's fight to lose. And in the first round, I think everyone was shocked when we just saw how good uh, Frank Yeager looked on the ground. He was he was quick, he was snappy, and he was able to get the takedown and hold his opponent down. And I think that that round was something that Vera kind of you know conceded. Like he was he was okay with it. For you know, he was okay with losing that round, and then he came back just insanely strong. Again, he was maintaining distance. He was making sure he doesn't get taken down as easily. But I feel like he was still getting taken down. And then, when the fight was you know clearly in his favor, when you know the ties had completely turned, there came that brutal knockout, that that basically that you know front kick right to like the chin basically and it just dropped Frankie Edgar and that was it another great performance by uh, Chito Vera even he was you know under duress in that first round and you know parts of the second round he came back so strong and composed that finish kind of you know wrapped up an act like a super impressive performance by him what do you think of that one yeah it was really impressive to take all that punishment and then come out kind of with the result and to just sort of keep plugging away and it kind of shows sometimes it really it, if you can get that knockout it's so powerful it doesn't really matter what's happening in the rest of the fight because you've won yeah so you've got to take your opportunities and he did that he didn't back off he didn't kind of let it let it draw him away from his game plan and yeah it came late late-ish in in the final round but you get the win so, yeah. good for him. I'm pleased for him. Yeah, but I feel like... I feel like credit goes to uh, Edgar for just how good his timing looked in that fight. He looked super, like, agile. 
And I feel like that kind of took Tito Vera, you know, aback. Like, wow, okay, so he, this guy's quick. But then, in terms of power, I don't think Frankie compared to Vera because he was getting his strikes in and he was quick and agile with them. But I, I didn't feel like they were doing too much damage. Whereas when I saw uh, Chito Vera get on, on, you know, on the kicks, on the strikes, I could tell they're doing massive damage. And I felt like that was the difference maker. It was the power of Chito Vera. And yeah, I, so good on him. He was, he was just the better fighter on the night. A brutal knockout, but, you know, I'm sure. Uh, I, I think even he commented after the fight that he doesn't want that knockout being replayed. He doesn't like seeing it because of how brutal it looked. But hey, that's how, that's how it goes. This card, you know, just was phenomenal so far. And we still had two incredible fights to go. Yeah, you probably shouldn't be a cage fighter if you don't like looking at people getting knocked out. He's like, but, oh, you don't, I don't like looking at it because it's brutal. So like, you did it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he. But it's more of a disrespect thing. Like he doesn't like seeing people post that everywhere. Like he doesn't want to like broadcast it. He doesn't want to, you know, humiliate another fighter because the pictures look brutal as hell. He says whilst on pay per view <laughs> for the UFC. Yeah, <laughs> but it's about, no, it's about he's talking, he's talking about fans kind of taking the picture of that moment where his face looks all you know disjoint with that kick. Because, that, yeah, that kid kind of messed him up. But again, it's that moment that he doesn't like being replayed, basically. Well, it's your fault it's getting replayed, mate. <laughs> Don't <laughs> kick people in the head, then. <laughs> and it won't get replayed. What's his point there? He's like, hey, I don't like looking at it. Oh, yeah, I get it. Like, if you beat someone in a fight, and it looks brutal, but you don't actually hate the guy. You just, you're just trying to win. You don't want to see someone you respect or someone, uh, you know, yeah, someone you have respect for kind of being made to look like a fool. Yeah, but he kicked him in the head. But it, it, it was to win a fight. He didn't want to, you know, knock him out in such a brutal way. Then he's an idiot because he's a cage fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the co-main event, which was... Tug Rose, Tug Rose Nama Yunus going up against Zhang Weili. I've said this before. I want, last time I wanted Zhang to win. This time I wanted Zhang to win. Um, last time she, well, she was a champion after you know a, a fight of the night contender against. Uh, I think that, I think that did win fight of the night, uh, fight of the year against Joanna Yo- Young Jacek, and this time she was going up against. Tug Rose, who beat her a few months ago, um, that fight was, again, it was a flash in the pan. Like, she got, uh, you know, she got knocked out uh, when she thought that the kick coming in would be a leg kick, but it went high, it was a head kick, and she was out. And that's how Zhang Weili lost last time a few months ago. This was a rematch against Tug Rose. Um... Yeah, I feel like striking-wise, the one thing that really took me aback was the fact that Rose was really good at striking. Like She was on point. And it really surprised me that it was that close in 
particularly on, on the striking side for Rose because she was so quick with her strikes that I felt like that would be the department where Zhong with her power and speed would have the clear advantage but I, I, I guess it wasn't I was quite even on that end and Tug Rose was kind of waiting for her like her basically she was waiting to counter strike quite a lot and it worked in her favor. I think she she was doing well, even though you could say she lost the first two rounds, maybe. But then the third round is where you could tell things are shifting again. And yeah, in my opinion, when it went to the ground, it was clearly Jean who dominated early on. So by the time the fourth round ended and Rose was on top at the end of the fourth, Maybe that gave her the confidence that she, in saying that she was confident or comfortable on the ground, uh, which led to the fifth round being almost entirely on the ground with uh, Rose uh, on top. And I think in the round that's 2-2, I think Rose was just comfortable in just holding her opponent down and getting the win. And... That, again, that's champion's mentality. And the fifth round was just basically a champion doing what she needed to defend her title. And she won. It was Tug Rose Namayunas who picked up the win. Sucks for Zhang Weili, even though she she had a much better showing. striking where she was great. On the ground, she looked great. But I think there were moments where she could have perhaps... I felt like there were a couple mo- couple moments where she could have ended the fight. Like, especially at the end of the third, was it? Where she was on top. And it felt like she was, you know, if she had a few more seconds, she could have, you know, m- maybe won by a ground and pound. Who knows? But she had, the, you know, I think she had top mount. Perhaps she could have done something more in that situation with more time. But again, these are just semantics. Ultimately, it was Tug Rose who won and perhaps was the better fighter on the night. What do you think of this one? Yeah, this is a great fight. Like, both both of them were just... And had a lot of sort of, string to, strings to their bow. So we saw it going to the ground. We saw sort of leg kicks. We saw sort of flurry of fists and everything like that. We kind of This fight kind of had a bit of everything. And yeah, it kind of felt the longer the fight went on, the Rose sort of gained the advantage uh Zhang probably could have probably for kind of the first two or three rounds was sort of probably winning like quite comfortably but then the fourth and the fifth is probably where Rose came into it and yeah she probably won I don't really know how the scoring system works uh nor do I want you to explain it yeah (laughs) I wasn't going to I know you don't uh, so yeah I I don't really so it's hard to say whether the points are right but probably I mean it certainly felt that way in the fourth and the fifth that Rose was probably going to win so it sucks I feel like if it was a three round fight then Zhang probably would have won yeah I agree but there we go sucks it sucks for her sucks Uh, maybe she'll be back maybe not (laughs) yeah I feel like my journalistic integrity has gone out of the window in this one because I just like Zhang Weili so much that I really wanted her to win. But again, a lot of respect for Tug Rose of what she has been able to achieve 
for so many years. And I think now you have to put her in that conversation of, you know, some of the greatest, you know, women fighters we've seen. She's up there. And yeah, she's she's making her claim as one of the greats in that division, especially. Um, yeah, great performance. And let's see what's next for her. Perhaps Carla Esparza. I don't think that's going to happen. Should, but I don't think it will. I think we'll get... Will we get Joanna? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. On to the main event. Now, the main event is interesting. Oh, you know what? Before the main event. I'm so sorry. Marina Rodriguez is the rightful contender for Rosna Mayunas. There's no one else. I don't know how I completely forgot about her. Yes, it's Marina Rodriguez. Maybe have Carlos Barza face Zhong Weili. And see what see what happens there. But for now, the championship fight must be Tug Rose versus Marina Rodriguez. That's all I have to say. Moving on to the main event, which was Colby Covington versus Kamaru Usman. Before we talk about this fight, what are your thoughts on Colby Covington? Do you have any? Oh no, I have none. Why is there backstory? Well, yeah, this, he is the guy who, uh, well, is the Trump-supporting, trash-talking, pseudo-racist guy. Isn't that most of the UFC? Basically. <laughs> I'm okay. not going to say that. That's a, that. That's a joke, everyone. That's a joke. So I mean, he, Yeah, he's, he's in the right sport. So, I mean, yeah. Look, good, so, for, good for him, I guess. All right. I feel, again, the... The main thing is, I think it's quite obvious to most fans that it's a bit. It's it's like it's like a wrestling character because he himself has said that. Well, I was about to get cut from the UFC, and he got one win in Brazil, and then he just went off on the fans, like saying, "Oh, Brazil is a dump," and and all that. And that's when people were like, "Oh my God, what is this guy saying?" So he just. You know, just run with it. He just made this his persona that he is the guy who will say, oh, Trump is great, you know, and, and all that. So make America great again and all that stuff. And, you know, that's what kind of kept him relevant in a way. He then faced Kamar Usman, the champion. And that was the closest fight Usman has had, I feel, in the UFC ever. And... It was just so close. I think going into the fourth round, it was 2-2. And in the fifth round, Kamaru Usman took over and knocked uh, Colby Covington out. But it was quite clearly such a such an even fight that people knew that... Well, Usman went on to beat everyone else in the division. like you know, Everyone else who could contend. Jorge Masvidal, Gilbert Burns. He's beaten them all. And now it's time for their rematch because this was both of their closest fights and going into this fight I felt like we would see a more composed performance from uh, Colby it could have I mean I, I think eventually you would have seen Covington be stronger in certain rounds and then drop off or we were just going to see Usman dominate but ultimately we didn't see Either of them. What we saw was Usman be strong in the first round. His power was clearly on another level. In the second round, he dropped Colby twice. When that happened, I was 
so sure that the third round is going to be it. Because we saw that against Gilbert Burns. Once you get dropped, that, that finish is coming. But credit to Colby Covington. That in the third round, he found his win. And he was, he was just on it in that round. And his combinations were great. In clinch, he was great. I felt like Colby Covington in striking... The only thing he lacked was that killer power because that Usman has. Technique-wise and in terms of combinations, I felt like Colby Covington was great, elite. And he won the third, maybe the fourth. I don't I don't remember how it went, but I feel like it was either 2-2 or 3-1. And then Usman, again, I feel like won the fifth round. And that was his fight. He, he overall he did look better, and yeah he he retained the championship. He's now up there in the conversation of one of the greatest fighters of all time, because he is still undefeated in the UFC, which is absolutely insane. And yeah, he's beaten everyone there is to beat. The division is like clear now, and just what a great performance from him. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it was certainly a great fight, and it had that main event feel, and yeah, it was close. Uh, you could see, like, uh, the, what's the guy's name? Covington? Covington, yeah. Yeah, he kind of lacked power. Like, he wasn't, his hits weren't really as big as uh, Usman's. So, when he was getting on top, Usman was, Usman's also really quick. Like, yeah. he's like lightning. So, defensively, he's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the round the rounds are all pretty close. Uh, going into it, but yeah, Usman Usman looks good. So yeah. um, I don't really think I feel like Covington was kind of fighting up, like this was the sort of the best performance he could put on to sort of be at this level. Whereas right, for fair. Usman, this kind of felt like from watching him, this was quite natural to him. Like he is a big fight guy. Mm-hmm. Whereas as I say, like Covington, this felt like this was probably his peak. Wow! Like, this, <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just the opinion I got of him. Like yeah. watching the fight, it felt like he was having to try a lot harder, and sort of came in to this fight. And this was a huge deal for him. It was Usman just looked comfortable? Like he is a main event guy, mm-hmm. and Covington. This was like his chance. And I don't know. He didn't really seem to have. He didn't have that killer hit. And it doesn't. Look, he doesn't really look like a guy that really has has one at this level. So I don't know. You know what? Maybe that's I'm a- wrong. That's just the opinion. I have. Like just watching the fight. That's kind of what it came off as. You know what? That's actually very interesting because when I think about it, every fighter that now goes up against Usman, it's like, this is your chance, you know? Like, how do I explain this in other terms? It's like when, you know, when people face Muhammad Ali or when, you know, it's like when people face Mike Tyson, like you're facing someone who's destroying people and you're coming up against them and this is your chance to make history. It's not just about winning the championship or winning the fight. It's about having the opportunity to beat someone who looks unbeatable at times. And with yeah. that stra- in that strategy, I feel his aim was to somehow win the fight. Not how do I win the fight? Not like, oh, I'm going to go for a knockout or I'm going to go for this or that. I feel like his approach was I just need to win this fight. And the, and when he could have easily folded in that second round, he came back 
and he won rounds. It was it was super impressive. But overall, Usman is just on another level. He's just so far clear of anyone else in that division right now. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. He's he's called out Canelo in a boxing fight. I'm sure that never happens. But yeah, I mean, for now, we can all rest easy in knowing that this fight's probably not going to happen again for a bit. <laughs> probably never. And Usman is, right now, pound for pound, the best fighter in the UFC. Well done, him. Well, it was a good him. main event. It was pretty close. He could have got. Was, he yeah. could have gone the other way as well. I don't. Again, I don't really know how the points. Yeah, could were. have been. Oh, yeah, it could have. Been. I think many people were saying Covington was ro- uh, was robbed. So, I, I mean, I don't think so. Uh, people always say that about every yeah. fight. Yeah, <laughs> to be fair, you are right. Anyways, um, I feel like that should be all. Um, the Mackenzie Dern Award. Who do you think wins that one? Hmm. I'm going to give it to... I'm going to give it to Kamarism. Yeah. Well done. Well done, you. It was close between um, him and the guy who won the first fight. The first fight? Oh, right. Justin Gaethje. Yeah, it was close. It was close. I thought you would give it to Tito Vera for the knockout. Uh, nah. That's because I, I didn't even remember that happened by the time we got to the main event. It's kind of some of it's down to memory, like who's most memorable. So Kamara yeah. Usman stands out, like just as a character. So I remembered him. Uh, Gaethje seemed quite cool, and that fight was quite like brutal, so it's memorable. Um, no one else really has that pizzazz for me. Fair. Fair. Well, that should be all. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Um, Nathan, plug yourself. Yeah, you can find me at, at Nathan Greener on Twitter. You can find uh, a host of other podcasts uh, I work with or a part of at Rogue underscore Opinion. Fair stuff. You can check us out on Twitter at TC9 Podcast. You can check out our podcast wherever you get your podcast, to be fair. Um, which is you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, etc. Wherever you're listening to it right now. Yeah. Get Keep getting it there. <laughs> Good point. It always makes me laugh because you're not all podcasts. At, plug their podcast at the end of their podcast doesn't it feel like a weird thing to do it's like <laughs> you can get my podcast anywhere it's like they're we're speaking to people who are already listening to it good point oh, it's good not point. that everyone does it I, I maybe there's a reason I'll ask maybe, Joe Rogan maybe maybe, may, maybe it's like since maybe if I send a link to someone they don't know where to get it they just have the link you know yeah maybe maybe you're maybe. right maybe uh, and yeah, you can check out our website, theconventional9.com, and the YouTube channel, which will be more active very soon, perhaps on the weekend, maybe. Um, but yeah, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back soon next month for UFC 269. See you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.